Nothing like this on stage, screen, radio, TV, or cable, baby. This is an exclusive. This is the Whatever You Say Podcast. I'll say this. I expected a, a more explosive Baylor team. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, now OSU has a great defense. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. And what's my man's name? Middle linebacker, Cobb? Mason Cobb. Looks like uh, he's filling in well for Rodriguez. He is. He's he, he's no Malcolm, but, man, he is playing well. He's, he's all a thumper, over the place. He is. he is. He is. He gets into the backfield. Yeah. Um, you know, OSU, I was just looking at stats today. They're uh, – Third in the nation in tackles for loss uh, with uh, averaging 9.2 per game. He leads the way with seven. Had the really big play on that fourth down run early in the game when it looked like the Baylor running back had a clear path to the not only the first down but the uh, but the yeah. goal line. And uh, he comes up, makes the stop, gets the turnover on downs, uh, really uh, really making some big plays, getting up in, in the line of scrimmage and, and beyond and, and, and having a big impact. So been really impressed with that dude so far. Spencer Sanders came into that game leading the Big 12 in, what was it, passing, um, and only had one interception, mm-hmm. finishes the big Baylor game with uh, 14 touchdowns and one interception, so puts him at two. He had 14 touchdowns because he had threw, threw one and ran for one. Yeah. Um, I've always I've had a love-hate kind of with, with Spencer. Yeah. yeah. I, I see the talent, right? Mm-hmm. We see the athleticism, but it just seems like it just every now and then he just kind of loses it. Um, and, you know, then you come out of game three, four interceptions. Um, but that wasn't the case, uh, no. this go-around with Baylor, especially for that first half. Right. Um, you looked great that first half. Um, but what are the expectations for Spencer for you? And give me uh, uh, what is, for as much as you can, Gundy's thinking. He's, he's patient. I'll, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. He's patient with he players. Is. Now, he doesn't like to play freshman skill guys. Right. But he'll play a freshman quarterback and ride with them all through their interception and fumbles. Mm-hmm. Spencer Sanders is an example of that. Do you think that's just because he was a quarterback also? He knows how that feels? And why doesn't he spread that out through, through other positions, you feel? It's, a, it's absolutely a fair question. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do think that, um, you know, there's, uh, he's got more leniency for a quarterback that's making mistakes when they're young, yeah. Whereas, um, not to sidetrack, I'll get back to your question, but Ollie Gordon, the running back, you know, he puts him in. I was going to bring him up. <laughs> yeah, he he puts he shows a lot of trust in him. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter, he's handing him the ball in some important situations, and Ollie gets out there and and it was a it was a big time hit by the by the Baylor guy that that comes up and pops him right, mm-hmm. it hits him right on the the ball right, right on the hand where he's carrying the ball, pops it out. Uh, and Sanders has to dive on it, but you saw immediately Dominic Richardson's trotting right back in right. the game, and Ollie's heading right. to the sideline. So um, you know that that trust issue is is definitely more significant with guys at other positions. I mean, last year when they had all those freshman wide receivers, you know they they shut down the passing game quite a bit. They went to really run heavy offense. But uh, but back to your to your question, yeah, he he does uh, he does give quarterbacks more leniency in that because I, I think there's a different level of expectation in terms of the, the number of mistakes a quarterback is going to make just because they're involved in every play, um, you know. And I, I think that, 
you know, they've they've had some trouble developing guys behind Spencer has been has been another issue. You know, you go back to, uh, you know, his early years, um, you know, you had you had Drew Brown uh, was his backup and, and he was just just kind of a he was just kind of a guy, nothing real special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had been he had had some success out at Hawaii before he transferred. But um, but, you know, that's a it's a different level, different kind of football that he was playing out there. Um, you know, Shane Illingworth uh, looked the part. Um, didn't really get the chance, I think, to to fully develop. You know, his his freshman year is the COVID year, and that changes a lot of things. And uh, you know, he came in and, and played well when he had opportunities. When Sanders was hurt a couple of different times, he was three and zero as a starter. Um, but you look at him out at Nevada right now, and and he's he's struggling. He's in a quarterback battle, and um, you know things are kind of back and forth. He hasn't hadn't gone out there and just set the world on fire. So um, you know, developing guys behind Sanders has been has been a little bit of a trick. Uh, where I think that maybe gave Sanders a little bit more job security than he might have if they had had, um, and not, not even a great quarterback, but go back to a guy like Clint Shelf. They just had a, a, a guy yeah. like that as their number two, yeah. where they could uh, could feel a little bit more comfortable pulling the trigger. It might have might have gone differently for for Sanders, you know, a couple of years ago when he was really turning the ball over a lot. Yeah, um, like I said, we see you see the talent, um, but you know we need to get the the, the head the decision-making part of it um, together. It'll be, uh, I see, a good last final year for Sanders. And, you know, this year so far, he's been he's been on the right track, right right side of things. He absolutely has been. He's been playing at a more consistent level mm-hmm. uh, than we've ever seen from him. Um, you know, I, some of the stuff I was looking up on him, because he's, he's kind of climbing the charts in, in career wins and, and some of those categories at, at Oklahoma State right now. And, um, you know, there was a stretch last year, uh, the the category of stats I was looking at was uh, um, consecutive passes without an interception, and Sanders had never been anywhere near that list. No. Uh, but he had a he had a run from from uh, basically the entire month of November mm-hmm. up until uh, when he threw a pick uh, in in uh, Bedlam, uh, where he went 104 consecutive passes without throwing a pick. And that was the longest stretch of his career. It actually got him into the top 15, uh, you know, on the Oklahoma State's all-time list. But, uh, you know, I mean, two years ago, we would have never been talking about him doing something like that. And, and he's found a rhythm where he can uh, – he's, he's taking care of the ball better and, and knows where to throw it now. You said 104 passes? Yes. You know, really, that's two games for Gundy. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, in the history of it. But, yep. But a, a very good job for, uh, for Spencer Sanders. Uh, you brought up um, – Ali Gordon, mm-hmm. and I was going to ask about him, and and then Dominique Richardson, the, the starting running back now, mm-hmm. local kid right here mm-hmm. out of McGinnis. Uh, tell me about him. He um, do do you see him holding that that starting spot down going forward the rest of the season, even going into next season? For the most part, yes. Yeah. Um, I think I think as we get deeper into the season, and Gunny gets more comfortable with with the other guys, whether it's Ollie Gordon or Jaden Nixon that had had the big kick return the other day, um, you know those two guys they they're they're both very different from uh, from Richardson, uh, so they're a little bit of a change of pace type of type of guys. But uh, you know I think I think when it comes down to um, the things that that Richardson has picked up over his first two years at Oklahoma State. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, he's the the best pass blocker uh, mm-hmm. as a running back that they've that they've got, uh, and that's a really important thing in this in this offense. Um, you know, they feel comfortable throwing him the ball, uh, and and you know, he's shown, like you said, he's uh, he's going to run hard. 
Um, you know, it might just be running into a wall sometimes, but <laughs> but he's going to run hard. And you know, Gundy has has sort of alluded to it that they they think that he can be a more elusive back. You know, he's 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 what you would consider a big back, but he's he's six feet tall, two ten. He's not massive, right. um, so you could see him maybe developing those skills if he uh, if he sort of starts to understand it. He's never had to. I, you know, I watched him some at McGinnis when he was coming up, and he he never had to worry about that stuff because right. he could run over everybody that he played and uh, and then outrun them after uh, after he knocked them on their butt. So, um, you know, he's he's never had to to be this kind of guy. And and I mean, yeah, he's in his third year at Oklahoma State now, but before this year, he only had had four games in his entire career where he carried the ball more than ten times. Two of those were blowouts over Kansas. So, um, you know, he's really getting his first test as being an every down guy right now for the first time at, at the college level. Um, but, you know, you know, you look at a guy like Jaden Nixon, um, he's a guy that I think could uh, could find a role as, uh, you know, kind of a passing situation type of guy because he's he's better in space. He's a smaller guy, really quick, really elusive in space, got great top end speed. Ollie Gordon. I've said this every time I've been asked about uh, about his size, but he's listed at at like six one, two eleven, two thirteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. I stood next to the guy in spring, and and you could have told me he was six three, two thirty, and I would have <laughs> believed you. Oh, really? He just looks massive. <laughs> uh, I've I've just I've never seen a a guy right out of, at that time. You should have still been in high school because uh, he enrolled early. Uh, I just I never seen a high school running back show up on campus with the the physical traits that that he had he's just just massive and muscular and and obviously he's talented or he wouldn't be getting put in the situation that he's been in so um you know i think as uh, as he now rebuilds that trust a little bit uh, obviously gundy trusts him a lot already because uh, he wouldn't have had him on the field on on saturday in that situation if he didn't um but he'll have to he'll have to earn that back a little bit and i think you're going to see him get involved more and more uh you know he's already played in all four games this year, so it's guaranteed he's not going to redshirt. He's going to be a, a, a an important piece of this uh, of this uh, you know this run game going forward. And listen, the way Dominic Richardson runs, the physicality he runs with, there's a really good chance that he gets dinged up at some point, whether it's just a, right. a twisted ankle or right. whatever. He's going to have to come off the field, and they're going to have to go to somebody else for for a significant portion of time. So um, I think Ollie Gordon is is ready to be that guy. But that running back position um, also kind of spilled out into, you know, this, I guess, the Oklahoma State thing, the cowboy back. Mm-hmm, right. right. I mean, kind of running back, kind of tight end, mm-hmm. fullback. Who is that this year? I, I, I've watched, I, I don't really pay attention to the first three games. You know, the, the little, <laughs> right. right. And you know, I know I probably should, but it's just, I don't, I don't really pay attention to those games. Um, but this game against Baylor, I, I was impressed. But who, who I was trying to figure out who was that, who's that guy who fits that mold this year? You know, it's uh, even if you had watched the first three, you'd probably still be a little bit confused because it's know. been it's been kind of a mess. So so Blaine Green uh, last year as a true freshman, uh, you know, he was just a big receiver, mm-hmm. and they kind of thought that maybe he could fit that mold. So they sort of started. Uh, you know, start playing him in both positions, and this year they were ready to go with him full time as as just that cowboy back, um, as as kind of the uh, the the pass catching cowboy back, mm-hmm. and um, then he gets hurt, and uh, and so they've got a uh, um, they've got a uh, walk on from Prague, Oklahoma, named Jake Schultz, who uh, he's a, a redshirt junior. First three years on campus, he was uh, playing defensive end. 
they moved him over in spring to offense. He, he's very athletic, picked it up really quickly, and uh, and has been a uh, a really important piece there. Braden Cassidy is another guy that used to be a a defensive end that they've they've switched over just to have some added depth, and uh, and he's been holding up okay over there as well. And uh, and really just within the last couple of weeks, they've uh, they've transitioned another receiver, Rashad Owens, who is a guy who's He's played just about every receiver position. He's played the outside. He's played the inside. Now they're giving him a shot at, at Cowboy back. They started lining him up there some against Baylor. That was the first time we had seen it on the field. So, um, you know, they're uh, they're really kind of working through things there. They want to make sure that they've got a guy who can be a, uh, a real receiving threat in that position. Uh, but then they there are times when they need to just be somebody that's going to go out and lay the wood as a blocker. And so they feel like they've got a, a good mix of guys. Uh, but there's not one guy that that can do both right now, so uh, it's a little bit of a of a struggle because it's a, a they can get a little bit predictable if you're paying attention to who's coming in at that spot. You kind of get a, a good feeling whether they're going to be uh, running or throwing. So that's something that they're they're very aware of and, and going to be cautious with how they use it. Uh, who did I see in the pros? Was it Jelani Woods, right? Jelani Woods did he catch like two touchdowns, two touchdowns in a yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. had him a, had him a big day. You know. Um, you know, he was one of those guys that uh, he would have been perfect for this role. Perfect. And they just never, never could figure out how to use him the right way at, at Oklahoma State. He transfers to Virginia, has a great senior year, goes to the combine, has a, uh, a big time performance at the combine. You know, he's massive, dude. Six, I always thought Jelani Woods was underused. Yeah. He, he absolutely was. Yeah. Six seven, two sixty five, runs really well. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and, uh, and I'm uh, part of the reason I, I I know all this is I'm a big Colts fan. He's playing for the Colts now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I was uh, I was watching intently as he was uh, as he was scoring touchdowns a couple of weeks ago. You're a Colts guy. I am. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I don't. <laughs> no, nah, I, I expected. What's wrong with Matt Ryan, man? I expected something. <laughs> man, I wish I could explain that. That is that's bizarre. Uh, and 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 T. Y. Hilton is gone. Or he's still there. He's uh, he's still there, but he's he's Kinda not not up. really himself. Anymore. He's not that guy no. from, from three years ago. No, no, it's uh, it's early, but the Colts right now there's a little, little disappointment, a little disappointment. Yeah, yeah. As a Colts fan, I uh, you're being nice. Let the Eagles fan let the Eagles fan gloat a little. Bit. <laughs> there you go. You know Enjoy I mean? it, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colts Colts had plenty of plenty of heyday. Okay, they they right. got plenty of memories. All those Peyton Manning those years, Peyton Manning and, stuff, man. Right. Come on, man. Uh, talking to Scott Wright, Oklahoma State beat writer for the Oklahoman. Um, and talking OSU football right now, 4-0, undefeated. Uh, we'll see what happens. What is it, the third time in five years they've been 4-0? I think that's a stat uh, that they, I've seen. Yeah, that, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen that, but I'm, I'm racking my brain. I think that's right. Yeah. Something, about, something like that? Mm-hmm. And is Gundy the longest tenure coach? Like He's in the like, top three right now, right? Uh yeah, he's uh he's right up there. Um, cuz he was forever was tied with Gary Patterson or behind Gary Patterson uh-huh. and Patterson's obviously gone now. Just him and um, him and Saban? Uh no, he's ahead of Saban. He took OSU over before really? before okay. Saban moved to to Alabama. So, um uh I think Kyle Winningham at at Utah is ahead of him and uh maybe the maybe the Iowa coach that might be that might be okay. it. That's the that'd be the top 3 right there. When a coach has that much time, and then, you know, like we were talking about earlier, um, he's kind of feeling himself now. And, and a lot of people feel like, because, <laughs> you know, you got, you got your AD, Mike Holder, and, and Boone Pickens, may he recipe, you know, you got those guys not, 
not around anymore. Right. And, and the new folks, the new AD and, and, and new people coming in, now all of a sudden Gundy has tenure over those, over those guys, right? Right. I've right. been here longer than you, and, and, you know, I win 10 games a year. What do you, you know, I, I, I get a new contract every two, three years. <laughs> you know, um, so that's a lot of stuff. And, and for you as a coach, and you've been somewhere that long, uh, with that much success, you know, success, however you, you, you know, however you weigh success. Um, but he's had a good run, a good year, um, or sh- should I say a good career. Um, can that kind of be counterintuitive? Can that kind of eat itself up? Because I go back and I think back a couple years where Gundy wore the shirt and had the controversy about mm-hmm. the what is it, the One America Network shirt and right. then, what Chuba Hubbard kind of called him out for it. I, I'm wondering, is that kind of a, a roundabout reason why he stays there? And you always hear every year or two that he's, you know, talked about for this job or go to NBA, uh, NFL or whatever. But I think the fact that he can make a, um, I don't know, you call it a mistake or whatever, he can ruffle the feathers of his team and – did he ruffle the feathers of his state? I doubt it. But he ruffled the feathers of his team, mm-hmm. was called out for it, and, you know, apologized and all was forgiven. Is that kind of a reason why he stays here? Because I feel like if we're at another university, I don't know if that flies. Right. If we're in another region, another state, I don't know if that, I don't know if he's sticking around. Right. Especially just the where we are right now in 2020. You know, we all hate each other, you know, mm-hmm. just all that stuff going on. I don't know if he makes it out of there at another university. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely fair. And, I mean, I know I talked to people. Um, that there was a, a significant number of people, uh, very important people, who wanted him out at, at that point. I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about people that, yeah. that have some type of power. Right. Um, and it was heavily debated at Oklahoma State. Um they, you know, they they stuck with him, and uh, and obviously, winning makes people forget a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, he was able to uh, to to right the ship somewhat, and uh, and 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 get things back on track. Um, you you mentioned the change in athletic director and school president mm-hmm. with uh, with Casey Shrum taking over for for Burns Hargis at president, uh, Chad Weiberg taking over for Mike Holder at athlete, athletic director. Um, their first day on the job, both of them was the same day. It was uh, uh, two summers ago, and um, that was a massive day in in the story of Mike Gundy because he is uh, not only like you said he's been there longer and 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 that type of stuff, but he also feels respected by those guys, those 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 people. Whereas he didn't always feel that way when it was uh, Burns Hargis yeah. and Mike Holder and, and Boone Pickens. Uh, he felt like he was fighting battles for himself all the time, whereas he, he doesn't feel like he's having to do that now. So, um, so right now, Gundy is, is as happy as I've ever seen him as Oklahoma State's head it, coach. It looks and, like it. Yeah. You know, and, and, like, and like I said, I don't know if it looks like happiness or if it looks like poking my chest out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still here. Because I, I would imagine Gundy, when, when, when the new guys showed up on campus, I would imagine Gundy stand, standing there with his Oakley shades on with his arms crossed, <laughs> just staring at the bus, <laughs> dropping those guys off. You know right. I mean? Like, you know where you're coming? This, this is my house. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, 
Shout out to Mike Gundy. Uh, we'll see how long he sticks around at my uh, at, at my beloved O State uh, University, where my kids are at nowadays. So uh, let me know, Scott. I can maybe give you a plug or something. You get up there. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> and my kids bring you a hot dog. So. There you go. This is the Whatever You Say podcast.